morning and welcome on this beautiful hot Sunday morning. I hope you are cool in your home. It's still early enough to not be too sweaty, I hope. Um, grab some uh, uh, some ice water, some iced tea, whatever you need to cool you down because today's word is hot. <laughs> it's really good. So before we get into worship, I just want to fill you in on some news. Uh, I feel like we're like news reporters. We're anchors. Um, <laughs> if you made it to our communion night last Wednesday, thank you. It was, it's always such a great time to, to share, to see each other virtually. Um, but to do communion together is just so special. It's just a really special, intimate time. If you miss it, that's okay. We understand. Um, but we'd love to see you at the next one, which will be, it, we're always going to have communion the first Wednesday of the month. So make sure you have like a three-week countdown for the next one. Put it in your calendar and don't forget. Set an alarm. Um, and then we have tonight, ladies. I hope you set an alarm for tonight because we're painting again. And I'm so excited. So make sure you have some paper, some paints. If you don't have paints, that's okay. You can follow along with whatever medium you have. And it's totally good. The point is just to be creative, to... Um, create something beautiful that you love and just do it alongside virtually with other ladies. Um, and we just chat and talk and create and it's lots of fun. So hope to see you ladies there. If you do not have the zoom link yet, that's what I was going to say. That's um, <laughs> go ahead and email us so that we can get that to you. Info at lighthouse805.com. Cause I don't want any of you to miss out. I'm so excited for that. So <laughs> now it's time for worship. So get ready to worship with us and uh, just have that sweet time before the Lord.
granddog already ready for church time good morning church it's time to worship got my coffee good morning good lighthouse, lighthouse. Mm, needs more sugar good morning lighthouse family i got my coffee brewed ready to worship and hear the word good, good morning, morning church. church ready for oh, worship yes, are you guys ready for worship are you ready to praise the lord <sighs> Good Hi, church. Good morning. <laughs> good happy morning. Sunday. Happy Sunday. Best and wishes I hope from Oxnard. You have a good Sunday, church. Hmm? Bye. Ready for worship. Good morning, Lighthouse. I've got my coffee. Let's go to church. Ready, Ready for, for worship. worship. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Hi. Hi. Good morning, church. We miss you. We are ready to worship. Hey church, you ready to do life together online? So there I was, Nike outlet store right after youth summer camp. Walked in the store, all the kids are running around. It's just mad chaos in this <laughs> Nike store. And I found myself walking to the back and like looking around and I found these, these amazing blue Nike shoes. And I just became obsessed with them. I was like, oh my goodness. I like, I, I smelled them. I looked at them. I did not lick them. Okay, I know that's like a thing now where people yeah. lick shoes. Like, don't be that person, please. <laughs> and I remember I was obsessed. And then I saw it. What is it? The price tag. And I was like, I guess these are not meant to be in my future. <laughs> And I remember thinking the cost is ridiculous. It's in the triple digits. And I was like, this is an outlet store? Are you kidding? So I was like super sad. I put it back on the shelf and I'm seeing kids just run around and go just chaos inside of this Nike store. And I'm walking around and then eventually I make it back and I start touching the shoes again. I'm like, wow, these, these are the best shoes ever. They can make a kid run faster, jump higher, the equivalent of the PF Flyers from Sandlot. Right? Say wrong brand. Wrong, <laughs> I know. And I remember... Just, they were the perfect shoes. And I put it back. And when I walked away, I was like, I don't have this kind of money. This is absurdly, ridiculously a cost. And I remember I kept thinking the cost is too high for this product. It's just too high. I can't go any further. And I kept walking around and going back. And, and so finally, one of the kids walked up and he already had his bag. And he's like, do you like, like, what's going on? Like, are you going to get the shoes? And I was like, bro, these are way out of my league on price. The cost is too high. And he was like, some of the labels are wrong. I was like, what? He goes, you gotta take whatever shoe you look at, ignore the cost and take it up so that they can scan it and they'll tell you what the actual cost is. And I was like, okay. Just completely doubted the kid. I was like, to humor him, I will do this. And we we're grabbing the shoes and I walked up and then they, they beeped it and they're like, oh, it's $20. And I completely froze for a moment. I was like, did that person say 
that is my budget. <laughs> and I remember I paid a, I paid so fast, making sure like they could not change the price. It's all sales final. I'm walking out of there with these shoes. And I remember thinking, man, the cost almost prevented me from just finding out what the tr- what, anything more about it. Like the cost was my only halting factor from anything. And, and I, I wrote down the initial cost of faith, like in our minds and in, in a believer's mind is, is all of the excuses and fears and it far outweighs everything. And so we see the cost of growing our faith and it almost prevents us from checking in with a manufacturer who is Jesus, mm-hmm. right? We, we can see something in the Bible and we can read something and it, and it sticks out to us. And we think, oh, I should do this, but the cost of doing that is too much. And so we don't even enter into conversation. We don't even enter into prayer with Jesus before finding out more about it. We almost halt our prayers, halt our worship on it, halt our praise on it, because we get one thing as the cost in our mind, and we don't even check in with Jesus. And so today's message, is, it's all about the cost of faith. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Jeremiah chapter 1, and we're going to dive in it in, uh, right now. Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, verse 4. The Lord gave me this message. That's the New Living Translation. The NIV says, the word of the Lord came to me saying. Lots of translations are, are similar to NIV. And then the message says this. This is what God said. See, my, my concern as your pastor is we, we've been in this faith check series for quite some time. And my concern is that you have not checked your faith yet. Out of fear of a cost, uh, you know, oh, if I, you know, if I want to start reading my Bible, what happens if I miss a day? I don't even want to start till I can, I can say I can do it every single day. You know, and, and a lot of times we'll, we won't get into the routine or the, the method or, or whatever. We won't, we won't grow our faith because we think the cost is too much. It's like those Nike shoes, right? The cost of our faith is on the shelf and it's like, man, this would be so awesome. What if I was like that one person in your mind? What if I was like that pastor? What if I was like that mentor, that leader? What if I, and it's like that brand new pair of Nike shoes, but you think the cost to achieve that, achieve that is so great and so high that you neglect your conversation with Jesus. And and those shoes are meant for you. Those perfect shoes, your your perfect shoes for your life, your your soul shoes, if you will, are ready for you. And what what I'm concerned about is that you fail to grow your faith because you don't check in with your faith. And, And I'm afraid as your pastor, that you'd become like Samuel. Now, for those of you who have read about Samuel, you're like, hey, that's, I think that's a compliment. I don't think that's, I don't think that's rude. I don't think that's mean. I I would be flattered if I was Samuel, right? Like it said there in the book of Samuel, it says every word that came out of Samuel's mouth never fell to the ground, meaning every word he ever said came true, right? No lies, no nothing. And the if you think about that for one second, just in the creative mindset of the Bible, no words ever fell to ground. Every word he said came true, meaning 
even if he said something outlandish, God had the audacity to make that outlandish thing happen. So the relationship is phenomenal. So what do I mean? I'm afraid you might become like Samuel or you might be like Samuel. Well, let's let's jump into First uh, Samuel uh, chapter three for a moment. It's a little farther back in your Bible. First Samuel, First Samuel chapter three. This is right before Samuel goes out into the world. This is before he anoints uh, David as King David over Israel. This is before all the miracles. This is before everything. He is serving and helping and living inside of the church. And so I want to pick up the story here. And this is my concern, is that as a believer, I would see you stuck in the same position that Samuel was stuck in. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel! Yes, Eli replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel! Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. Circle that in your Bible right now. Underline it. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he did. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I think this this just blows my mind. Like I really am convicted that too many believers are in the shoes of Samuel. They are serving in the church. They're helping in the church. They're at the church all the time. Who knows how long they've been inside of a church, let alone not just sitting in a pew, sitting in a chair, but even serving. And I'm concerned that believers are not hearing the voice of God. And I think that the takeaway here is Samuel had thought the only voice of God was through the pastor. He thought his only relationship to God was through the pastor. And I, I, I want to, to affirm you, please do not have that relationship with me where you think the only way for you to hear God is through me. I am not a middleman. I am not Jesus. I am not here to be Jesus. I'm here just to give the word. I'm here to, to love you, to love our church. I'm appointed by our, our four square denomination. 
And I want you to know my, my dream for you is to hear the Lord. And our, our church is going to change drastically when all of us start hearing the word of the Lord and we're all in unity and we're all moving forward with this vision. That's also why it's so important to follow along with your own Bible. It's, yeah. it's a further reminder that the Lord is speaking to you personally, you, this is your letter from him to you um, so that you can follow along so that you can dive into it. It's not just a book. It's so much more than that. So please go turn the volume up if you need to and go get your Bible. <laughs> yeah. And, and seriously, I'm really sorry if you think that the only way to hear the voice of God is through me. It's not. No. God sent his son to die on the cross, raise again. And then Jesus said, I'm sending the helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So the Lord can have a relationship with you one-on-one -on -one and speak to you and you can act on it. The whole point of this sermon series is faith check. I, I want to challenge all of us. And, and please, if, if you know how to hear God and you know how to hear the Lord and you know how to have a foundation that is Jesus, do not have enough pride to think this isn't for me. That would be foolish. Yeah. Like that would be ridiculous to say, I've learned enough. I'm good. Like that's that's the heart of a Pharisee, you know? It's the heart of someone who has a lot of pride. And we need to be humble before the Lord and say, you know what? You're always speaking to me. You're always growing me. You're always moving me forward. See, the, the pivotal moment in Samuel's life and Jeremiah's life was hearing God and acting on it. The whole, the whole point of Jeremiah, right when it starts, it says he heard a message from the Lord and then he, he did this thing where he acted on it. He did what the Lord was speaking to him about. Samuel, the, the, the pivoting moment was that he heard the Lord and acted on it. It's not just good enough to hear God, right? And just go, oh, that was fantastic. That was such a good word. I took notes today. And I'm going to close my notebook and then I'm going to go home and do this and that and what, I, you know, that's missing a lot. Right. If, if you're if you're just hearing the word, but you're not putting it into action and being a doer of the word and taking action on the word. You're missing it. Right. What would Samuel's story be like is if he just laid there. And said, speak, your servant's listening. And God said, I'm doing something radical. I'm doing something amazing. And Samuel's like, great, I can't wait to see it. And did nothing. I think that's a downfall in a lot of churches is some people come to church saying, I can't wait to see that vision happen. I'm going to get some popcorn. That's going to be really cool. And are not willing or don't know that they're supposed to be participants of the vision. The vision can't happen unless we all jump in and, and do our parts we're all pieces of the body as the bible describes it you know hands fingers toes mouth whatever almost started singing that song for a second but anyways our the whole the whole reason why we just keep bringing up next steps is it's actions based on hearing the word of god mm -hmm. that's it it's saying we've heard what the word of God was today. 
let's take action on it. That's that's the whole thing beyond it. Be from our church. That's that's what we're go- we're going for. Our church's goal is two parts. That's it. Our our church's goal right now is two parts. The first part is to help you gain a desire to hear God and take action on it. So that you're like Jeremiah, you're like Samuel, you're like almost every single Bible character. That you hear God, but you act on it. That's the first goal of our church. Is to to have everyone have this desire to say, you know what? I I just want to open up my Bible. I might not understand it all yet. Great, that's why we have our Bible study. I might not be able to pick a part and know even where to start. Great. That's why we have a website full of resources. That's why we have a contact form. That's why we have a message. That's why you can call us, text us, email us anytime. We love to talk with you about where to start. And that's 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 our first half of our church's mission is making you have a desire to read the word and to act on it. That's where next steps came from. And then the the second goal of our church is to help you gain a desire to bring the living God into your spheres of influence. So it's, it's where we get doing life together. So that you turn the regular conversations that you're having with friends and family and coworkers and and you're able to somehow intertwine the living word of God and transform lives. That's what doing life together is. That you have a desire to to deep dive into your community and say I'm going to bring the loving word of Jesus. Now it's it's getting to know your neighbors. Do you know all what, five of your neighbors, the ones on the sides, the one in front and the diagonals? Do you, do you know the neighbors that surround you? Have you invited them over for a dinner or a barbecue or a, a COVID front lawn barbecue? You know, whatever. That's, that's what doing life together is. And I don't want you to get confused that doing life together means, you know, Sunday morning church service having a drink of coffee, saying, how are you doing? Here's the stuff happening the week. I'll see you later. That's, that's not what I'm getting at. Doing life together is, is much more profound. It's, it's, it's much deeper than that. It's, it's knowing that you have a mission field in every sphere of influence in your life. It's, it's like every, every area of your life is, is kind of like a silo you know, like a farming silo where they store the corn or the wheat or whatever. And they have all the different ones for all the different grains. And each area of your life is like one of those silos, but you have to be the same in every silo. You have to be who you are and bring the living word of God into those. Be an encourager. Be someone who builds up and unifies and say, I'm gonna, I love you unconditionally. That's, that's what this world needs. That's what we need to be for this world. We need to be like a lighthouse, literally, saying, I'm going to bring the living, shining light of Jesus like a high beam into every area so that any lost person who's sitting offshore can find their way home.
to the kingdom of God. That's it. That's our, that's our two goals. And it's kind of expansive under each, but it boils down to simplify next steps and doing life together. That's, that's where, that's where it all comes from. So one thing is I I do want to talk about next, our next season in our church is from day one, when we get onto the front lawn, when we're hanging out, picnic blankets, lawn chairs, we'll do the live stream. So, you know, if someone doesn't feel comfortable coming, they can still attend. But what, what is, what is our vision for day one on the opening? That season title is Reach Your City. Reach Your City. Um, It's not Reach Our City. It's Reach Your City. Very intentionally, it's Reach Your City because your city and my city are two different cities. We could both live in Ventura, but we live in different cities. See, my city is comic nerds and board game geeks that dive into things, Star Wars, it's the comic book shops, it's it's sitting around in garages and playing games. I, I still love him. That's that's my city. <laughs> that's my city. It's it's the digital artists and website visioneers and it's and it's user interface in the digital world and trending topics and design and and that's my city. And and we all have different cities. My wife and I have very different cities very different communities that we are both separately in and we also have ones that we're both together in likewise with with you you have a different city see there's people that you can influence and you can speak the word of god and encourage and and bring life to that i never can that patty can never meet it's can't never meet but you know you know what i mean it's we have our own city and and the thing that we need to understand is that when we go back to the church that from day one, we need to understand what our church is for. Our church is not a let me say what it's not first. It's not to show up and consume, saying, I made it to my church. Oh, I made it today. I'm so happy. I just barely did. I like woke up on time. Like I just needed this and this is just going to end my week. That's not church. What, what the church is, is the start, not the end. It's saying we are here to encourage you, to build you up, to, to make you question if you're digging deep enough in your faith to, to wrestle with the word of God and take action on it. It's to encourage you. It's to excite you because what you have on Sunday it's like this energizing field of, of joy and excitement that is the word of God for you to take into this next week, into your city, into your spheres of influence. See, that's, that's what we're trying to transition. That's this next season. Reach your city. And we got to make sure we stay on target. Our church is not a country club to sit around and complain and think, oh man, this is a tough week. Gotta, let's hope next week is better. That's no, no, that's not it. We're a church to build up, hear the word of God, 
have creative insights. So we're saying, man, I can't wait to take action on this. I can't wait to try this in my life. Uh, A few weeks ago, we talked about the foundation of Jesus, right? Getting inside of us. And we need to have that foundation that is Jesus. We need to hear the word and take action on it. So I need you to be praying and fasting for the vision to be caught by yourself and for others in our church. Right? God's going to start putting faces in your mind. And you might think, oh man, I haven't talked to that person in a while. Don't let that roll off your mind. Write it down and say, oh, that's, that's literally the Holy Spirit. When he talked to Jeremiah and said, I have a message for you to deliver, that's the Holy Spirit right now in your mind, pointing at someone's face in your mind, and the Holy Spirit saying, you're going to be speaking to this person and encouraging him and giving my love and, and my joy and my compassion and, and speaking word of life over them. And we, we need to have a desire. That's, that's really boils down to having a desire for this. Like, if we don't have the desire to, to just jump in our word, just to hear what God's going to speak to us today, because that's where it starts. We have this desire. It's like, I'm going to open up. I want to read this verse. And then it's like, how can I apply this? And I have this desire, and that's what spirals into our series of influence. And it all, it all starts here. But if we don't have that desire, then it's just a checklist that eventually you'll stop doing. Right? Have you ever been on a reading plan of the Bible because either you had to or someone challenged you to, and you made it so many days? I'm raising my hand. This is totally me, okay? You made it so many days. And then you miss one and you're like, oh, now I have to read two tomorrow. But then you forget and you miss that one. And you're like, I have to, I have to read three now? And then it's just like, it just goes downhill from there. <laughs> like, trust me, I've been there. It's not about a checklist or a reading list. It's about getting a desire to hear what God is going to speak to us about. Man. I remember... Um, Remember as, as kids, uh, Pat, John, and myself, we had this, this one video game. And I'm going to explain it a little bit, and it's just going to be absurd. And back then, like, I know we can all laugh at it now, okay? But back then, like, we were so young and like three boys, and we were obsessed with this game. And there was this part where we wanted to go up to this tiny volcano island at the very top. And we had an airship, but the airship couldn't land on the, on the volcano island. And we heard through some people that heard, the internet didn't really exist back then. And we heard that if you get inside the volcano, you can get the ultimate sword. And we are like, well, we need the ultimate sword. And so we, we had done some research and we went to Barnes and Noble and we had to read the guide on it. And we, we eventually found in order to get the sword, you have to get to the island. And then you have to climb up the volcano, go down the volcano, get into some rooms, go get the sword. But in order to get to the island, you have to have a golden, shiny ostrich that can run across the ocean to even get your chance to get. So then it's like the most ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. So I'm just going to rant on this for a little bit long because this was. (laughs) we, We found out that the only way to get a golden, shiny ostrich was to capture however many ostriches in the wild, regular ones, 
You had to capture them all. Then you had to race and compete with each one of them in the circuits, right? There was F, then E, then D, then C, then B, then A, then S. And you had to win so many races in each to get all the way to S, and then you could retire. And then you have to do it to each one, and then you can take them to your farm, retire them, and then they could, uh, you could breed them, and then you could have new ostriches. And with a, a chance that you can get a secondary premium, and then eventually hours, <laughs> hours, and eventually the lineage, you might get lucky and get a golden shiny ostrich. So it was so ridiculous. We, the three of us, had traded off playing on this controller, racing ostriches. I like to say, you know what? It was a Saturday afternoon. It was a little bit longer than that. Yeah. I would have said it was a whole weekend. It was much longer than that. We were talking weeks of endless video games. Like we're talking playing till you fall asleep at the TV. Then as soon as you wake up, you just keep playing and we're trading off all three of us, just rotating and, and racing. And it's it the only reason we got that stupid sword in the game was because we had this desire deep down inside of us that no matter what, we would eventually get it. And that's that's the kind of desire that we need to have as Christians. Not absurd, ridiculous things, right? But just a desire. That's that's what keeps us going. Well, to the outside world, it may seem absurd and ridiculous, but that shouldn't matter what the outside world thinks. You keep that desire going no matter what. Yeah. Man, if we truly desire Jesus to change our life and the lives connected to our own, we would stop at nothing to make it happen. Yeah. And look at look at Jeremiah. Let's go back to Jeremiah for a moment. The message title today is the 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 cost of faith. The cost of faith. And what it really boils down to is what's what costs you from developing your faith. We all need this desire. This, this, I want to say obsession, but I don't know if I want to use that word. This, this thing where we wake up and we're like, I wonder what God's going to speak to me today about. Yeah. And, and I wonder what new insight I'm going to get. I wonder what, what I get to apply to my life. And, and am I going to be so excited that I talk to someone about it? Or are we going to start off like Jeremiah? Jeremiah, who we've been in the book for so long in all these weeks of this sermon series where he he lays it out flat to all these different people and these kings. And he's like, this is what the Lord says. Unless you repent, this is what's going to happen. But it took him a little bit of time to get there. See, up to this point, we've been looking at Jeremiah talking about what real faith is. And we're trying to develop our hearts to have this real faith. Right, we're supposed to do this faith check. Are we like these kings? Are we like these people that don't quite have this faith? But now, we went to the beginning of the book, and we're looking at where Jeremiah was called. So we're on the flip side, Jeremiah has faith. Now, what's he going to do with it? Like us, we've been wrestling with: Do we have true faith? Have we been stretching our faith? And now, what are we going to do with it? So, starting at Jeremiah chapter one, let's read the same verse for one more time. It says. The Lord gave me this message. 
I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. So Jeremiah is sitting here. He has faith. He, he has faith. And God's saying, I want you to now take action on your faith. I want you to move forward with your faith. I don't want you to just be an internal kind of thing, but I want you to go into your spheres of influence of where I open the doors for you and deliver my message, deliver my word. This is however many years later and we're sitting here and God hasn't changed. He's saying, I, I knew you, I know you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And, and I, I have a, I'm going to put my message, my words into you as you read your Bible. So you can bring those into your conversations in everyday life and bring encouragement and, and Jesus. And Jeremiah set the pathway for us. And the beauty of it is we're on this side of the new covenant. Imagine the old covenant. You have to deliver the word of God saying, hey, everyone's going to die. It's all destruction. You can't, nah, you're, you're dead. Like, that's a horrible message. But on this side of the covenant, post Jesus rising again, it's like good news. <laughs> like, like, message of hope and love. How could you not? I'm so glad we get to give this side of the yeah. New Testament. Like, we get to give the good stuff. Like, we get to give Jesus. I'm glad we're on this side. Like, thank you, Jeremiah, for paving the way. But... <laughs> But here's what I want to take apart. Jeremiah started with excuses, right? So many excuses and hurts and passes competing to strip the desire away to do what God is asking him to do. And here's some of the things that I underlined that I took notes on that the Holy Spirit was prompting to speak in this message today. The Holy Spirit will handle all excuses and problems but you have to handle the desire to hear the voice of the Lord and act on it, right? We can't have the excuse, well, what if they don't listen? Um, that's, that's the Holy Spirit's job. That's not your job. Your job is to have what to say, which is the word of God. All your job literally to do is, is to say, <laughs> is to have a desire to open your Bible. It's, that's it. Please, I, I really hope I get this across. Don't read your Bible out of a checklist. Mm -hmm. You're going to quit. You're going to give up at some point. Please get the desire to just read your Bible. Get the desire to hear God. Get the desire to, to sit there and pray and then listen. Get the desire to be like Samuel where you're like, speak, God, I, I'm listening. And then don't say anything. Just listen. Some other notes, God knows our past and he still wants us. 
Do not allow your past to be an excuse of why you can't do something today. Yeah. Do not allow yesterday to be an excuse why you can't have God, have God speak to you today. That's the cost of faith. It's easy to think that it's excuses and the price tags and no, the price of my yesterday disqualifies me from my today. I mean, look at Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And it's so silly thinking about this of like, oh, well, I'm not good enough, God. Well, then why did he call you? He already knows you. He formed you. Your excuse can't be the reason why you don't hear God and act on it. The Holy Spirit's going to deal with all of your excuses, all of your past, all all of everything. Your iniquities. Jeremiah even says, I can't speak. I'm too young. I can't do this. And immediately, most of your minds went to age. Thinking, oh, was he like 12, 13, 14, 15? Like, how young are we talking here? What I want to pull out today is some of you think, I've only been a Christian for a month, two months, a year, two years. I can't. I don't know enough. I don't, I'm not good enough. No, God's saying, look, look what God's response is. Don't say, I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say, whatever I tell you. God straight up rebuked him for saying, I'm too young. If if you need any encouragement today, you are not too young in the faith to hear the voice of God and to act on that voice. You're just the right age because God will give you what you can handle. He'll speak to you what you need and he'll say, why don't you deliver this? He's not going to give you more than you can handle. Mm -hmm. That he even goes, um, God even says, and don't be afraid of the people. Right? That's, That's huge for another portion of people listening right now and watching. One of the biggest fears is like, what will people say? What will people think? What, you know, what will, what will people think about me? What's my reputation going to be? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> remember remember this, that what, the visual that I gave? Fast forward your mind 1,000 years from now, and will it even matter? No. No. Who cares? What, what does care, what does matter, is that you have a desire to hear God, and you act on it. That's, that is the cost of faith. Just having that desire. Right now, we're going to do what we call doing life in the comments. Doing life in the comments. So what I want you to do is get ready to, wherever you're watching this, YouTube, Facebook, our live platform, what, wherever you're at. And what I want you to do is, inside the comments, write out... What is an excuse you need to let the Holy Spirit deal with? Maybe it's one of the ones we've listed, or maybe it's one that you knew right away as I was talking about this, like, I need to deal, I need the Holy Spirit to deal with this. Because the only thing you need to worry about is hearing from God and acting on it. So let's take uh, a few minutes right now and write out what 
what is an excuse you need to allow the Holy Spirit to deal with? And then hop on someone else's comment and encourage them. Just say, you got this. You know, give them a verse maybe. Give them something to encourage them by. So let's, we'll be back in a moment to, to talk more on the sermon. Welcome back. Our church's next season is reaching your city. And if you don't have the foundation of Jesus, it, this vision won't come true. It won't happen. It can't happen without you. Your city cannot be reached without you. And the foundation of Jesus comes from doing what he says. Uh, I shared the, the dream I had um, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And it was about where the Holy Spirit woke me up inside my dream. And I was walking around the church. Not just our church, but like the church as a, as a, corporate, as a corporate, you know, the larger church, if you will. And I, I saw those that were sitting there unable to move because they had no bones in their body. And I saw the Holy Spirit trying to hand them as their hands are laying there on their laps, motionless, the, the vision and word of God. And as it hit their fingers, it just flopped off because there's no bones to carry the vision and the word of God. And because there was no bones in their body, they couldn't grasp it and they couldn't run with it. They were motionless. They were complacent and comfortable with where they had arrived. And they thought that was the end. That's all I could go. And, and it was a very cringy dream. And, and I want to say, I, I need you to grasp that to get the foundation of Jesus. The bones in my dream, the Holy Spirit point out, represented the foundation of Jesus. That all the bones are missing and then that's the foundation of Jesus. And then Patty pointed out, bones also produce blood. And so that that's symbolical. Symbolical? Is that the right word? Is that a word? Yes. Oh, okay. Symbolical of the blood of Jesus covering our lives to give us new life and fresh life. And, and the foundations makes us move forward. I just... I felt David Siebler judging with his grammar right now. Say it with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so uh, we looked up the scripture to make sure that, you know, this is a Holy Spirit dream because we got to make sure that it stands true under the word of God. It's not going to just be a, a dream that discounts yeah. the Bible. Yeah. And so again, Luke chapter six said, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? straight up the Bible. I'm not convicting you. Jesus is convicting you. <laughs> Verse 47, Luke chapter six. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching and then follows it or takes action on it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it was well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Lastly, as your pastor, I'm asking you, please get a desire to just hear from God. That's where it all starts. Just having that desire is where it begins. Just, just a desire. And as you start with a desire, God will start speaking to you 
And then it's up to you to say, I'm going to take action on that. That's where your foundation, that's where the, the bones inside the body come from in my dream. So the Holy Spirit was pointing out. And then once you start doing that, then all of a sudden you'll, you'll be able to run with vision and you'll be able to take that encouragement and excitement and word and speak it into life, into the communities that you are in, your city. But it all starts with the cost of faith, which is desire. Just like Jeremiah saying, I, I, am, I am leaving the excuses to God. He's going to deal with them. But I need to deal with the desire of hearing him now. Your next step this week. Your challenge, if you will. Take action on hearing this word. Literally what this message was about. Is to fast and pray to hear the voice of the Lord. And act on it in your life and share it in the spheres of influence around you. We're headed to the next season entitled Change Your City. And we just need to start practicing now. We can't just show up day one and expect us to all be fantastic at it unless we're practicing and preparing right now. Sorry, just the Holy Spirit was just speaking me, speaking to me. Um, if you go back to Luke, Luke 6, verse 49, uh, there's a part in that verse where, well, he says, but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat. It, just think about the words, focus on the words that the Lord decided to use. And immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. I mean, these are strong words. Very strong words. Um, and you said, if you feel like sometimes your faith is like a roll, you know, has its highs and then it has its lows, highs and lows. Maybe do that faith check and see if your foundation, where your, where is your foundation? Is it on the rock? Is it on Jesus? Because that's when you'll be unshakable. If not, I mean, take this as a warning almost of don't get to this point of of having it be weak and oh well you know we're talking about it today so i'm going to start reading my word today maybe tomorrow then well <laughs> <laughs> no but but really and it doesn't mean you have to read 15 chapters or 15 verses even start with where you can but when you're doing it with that pure heart, the Lord will speak whether it's a sentence that's only seven words long or if it's seven chapters. You know, the Lord will speak to you. Yeah. Um, because just know that that's... Because when the struggles come, it says immediately it fell. You know, and that's when it's so easy for us to, to start to doubt and question where is God in all of this, you know? And, and it's not about that. It's about knowing my foundation is on Jesus. It's on the truth. It is yes. on the rock. It is on my provider, my protector, my sustainer, my healer, my savior, all of it. And so when you are without a shadow of a doubt, sure of where your faith is, you're good. Yeah. You're good. You're on that solid foundation. It doesn't mean things will be easy. The The storm still beat, that stream still beat on that, that house and that had the strong foundation, but it didn't fall. You know, so just be encouraged in that and know, have that be that faith check of, okay, Lord, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to do my absolute best um, to be hearing from you. Yeah. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord, pray that you would just be with us all, that you would, you would help us to get such a desire to hear you speak to us and then to act on it. Lord, that's, that is our prayer today. That is our next season. This is something so profound that we are moving into that you have called us to do. It's to be doers of your word and be sharers of your word. Lord, this next season that we're headed into is so profound. And I'm so excited for it. Lord, build us up and encourage us as you give us this desire and we dig deep. In your mighty name, amen. Amen.